Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Frankavilla Show. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Frankavilla, board-certified family physician and diplomate of the American Board of Obesity Medicine. I've been helping patients lose weight to treat and prevent medical problems for the last 10 years, and I'm taking what I've learned from them to you. In this podcast, you will learn the science behind why you struggle with your weight and what to do about it, tips for common challenges, work to fight bias about what a healthy weight really is, and improve your relationship with food and your body. Please remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. This podcast is meant to be informational in nature only, not medical advice. Please seek out care from your physician for your specific needs. Okay, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Dr. Frank Avila Show. It is the start of 2024 of a new year, and one of the things that a lot of people like to do in a new year is work on starting new habits. And so today, we are going to talk about how to make your habits, your plans, stick. How can we make these successful, long-term things? And that's what a habit is, right? It's something that you now do habitually, you do as a habit And this can be any time of the year. It does not have to be in the new year, but this is a time of year that a lot of people like to start it. But if you're listening to this podcast in April, chances are there is a habit that you have been trying to start for a while. And this is going to be my top seven tips on how you can make your habits actually happen. If you are having a little bit of a struggle with trying to figure out what a habit is or a goal is that you are trying to set for yourself, check out my podcast from last January. It was on January 2nd, 2023. And that episode is how to create a smart goal. And that might be a good place to start. But if you know what your goals are, you know what habits you're trying to create, then this episode is for you. And One of the things that is very helpful when you are trying to come up with a habit is to figure out why the habit is important to you. So if you have a health goal, a health habit you're working on, why is that important? Do you want to get in better shape because you want to be able to walk all day at an upcoming trip to Disneyland? Do you want to be healthier so you can be alive for your kids or your grandkids' wedding someday? Do you want to be able to sit more comfortably on an airplane? Do you just want to feel stronger? Do you feel like carrying in the groceries is like a lot of work and you would like that to feel easier? Do you want to feel less short of breath walking to the mailbox? Do you want to see your cholesterol numbers go down? Like, what is the goal? Do you want to have more energy, right? And so if you have that why and you can keep refocusing on that, that really makes your mission stronger. But today we're going to focus in on how to make the habit happen. So having a good goal, a smart goal is important. Having a good reason for the goal is important. And then today we're going to focus in on how do you make that habit stick. So we're starting off with one of mine. A habit that I am going to work on is to remind you to connect with me so that I'm not just doing the podcast for the sake of doing this, but actually connecting and making a bigger impact long-term. And so one of the things you can do is go to my website, the Dr. Frank Avila Show, and sign up for my newsletter. You will get a weekly update on what this week's podcast is going to be about, so you don't forget to check it out. And you're going to stay in the loop on any cool projects that I have going on. 
And I have some really, really cool things that I am going to be launching in 2024. They are so cool. I'm not even going to tell you about them right now because I don't want anyone to take my ideas. But they are some really cool things that you are going to want to know exist. So get on the newsletter so that you can stay in the loop. And you can do that by going to the drfrankthevillashow.com. And you can also get a free PDF of my mini weight care guide, which walks you through some of the basic things we've covered on this podcast in a little cute booklet format on what you might need to be thinking about before you start your weight journey or restart your weight journey. So, okay, without further ado, let's get into these habits for success. So when we are thinking about habits, you know, what exactly is a habit? A habit is something that you are doing habitually, you are doing as part of your routine, you're really doing without thinking, okay? And one of the studies I came across when I was looking at some research for this episode came in 2002 from the journal Personality and Social Psychology, and they said that 43% of our day is ruled or dictated by habits. So almost half of what we're doing in any given day is just a habit. So anything from checking your email to checking Facebook to how you run a business call to, you know, how you log into your computer to how you talk to someone to how and when you eat lunch, like so much of our day, like half of it is habits. And so the good thing about that is that we are already very good at doing habits. It's part of natural brain patterns for us. But that means that if we focus and direct it, we can make those habits serve ourselves better. So that's what today is all about because we are already doing most of our day habitually anyway. So when we are trying to do something, to achieve something, to have this habit, there's kind of two ways we can think about it. One is instigation. That means getting started. And the second is executing, meaning like actually doing the thing or doing it the way we want to do it. And instigation is the part we're going to mostly focus on, getting started, getting in that habit, because execution is a lot harder to just do, right? We we need the habit there. And so that's where instigation is, getting started versus getting the thing done. Getting started is the part we can create a habit around. And one of the big things we want to do is remove decision-making. And I've talked about this before in previous episodes. We have a lot going on in our brain. We have a lot going on in our lives. And we have a lot of competing things in our lives. And if we are just hoping that we will do things, it's unlikely that it's going to happen a lot of times. And so if we remove the decision-making, if we make things more automatic, if we make them a habit, then we are more likely to reach our goals. One of the things that I also discovered while I was creating this podcast is I was always taught growing up that anything you do for three weeks can become a habit. And this was actually disproven a while ago, and you have to do it longer for it to become a habit. You actually have to do it closer to about 10 weeks, so about two and a half months instead of that three weeks before something is going to become more automatic and you won't have to think about it as much. So Think about that as you're figuring out how to become more successful at these habits that, you know, this is going to be a long process before it starts to become automatic. But then once it's automatic, you hopefully will just do it. All right, let's move forward into the seven ways that we can turn these things into habits. Okay, the first one is my favorite, which is pairing or linking activities to create that habit. So what that means is you sort of take something you already do consistently 
and you pair or link the new thing you want to do, the new habit to it. So for example, if you are trying to get consistent with taking a medication that you're supposed to take twice a day, you would want to find something you already do twice a day. And the most simple one for most people is brushing their teeth. Most of my patients brush their teeth in the morning and in the evening. Some of them brush it more. Um, and if you're not doing that, maybe that should be your new habit. But if you already, like, no matter what, brush your teeth twice a day, like most of us do, then that may be an easy way to say, when I brush my teeth, I'm going to use my inhaler. When I brush my teeth, I'm going to take my metformin, right? When I brush my teeth in the morning, I'm going to take my vitamin D that I've told myself I'm going to start taking. So pairing that habit that you already do with the new one, you just have to remember to do them together. And so you might just put your medicine right by your toothbrush so that when you go to brush your teeth, you remember to take that medicine because you know you're going to brush your teeth two times a day, every day, almost no matter what. Another example might be if you want to start protecting your skin more, maybe wearing sunscreen and you are like me and you always put makeup on, maybe the new way that you pair that together is that you put the sunscreen on before you put your makeup on. And since you know you're going to put makeup on almost every day, it becomes a very easy habit to get into. Another example is if you always take a lunch break, which I highly recommend eating lunch every day, that may be a reminder to do an activity. So lunchtime, oh, time to take my mid of the day medicine or take my vitamin with my lunch. Oh, lunchtime, time to make sure I drink a bunch of water because I haven't had any yet today. Oh, lunchtime, maybe this is what I'm going to do, a 10-minute yoga at my desk. So thinking about how you compare things that you're already doing with that new habit that you want to do. Now, another thing that might be happening is some negative pairings in your life, some habits that you always do two things together. One of the common ones I see for my patients as well as for myself is this evening sort of TV snacking. Maybe there's alcohol involved or teen where you're like, oh, it's the end of the day. We're going to put on our favorite TV show. We're going to, you know, maybe have a glass of wine, have some chips, have some crackers, have some chocolate, have some dessert, whatever it is. And those two things sort of always go together. And so if one of your goals is to stop snacking at night, you may need to cut out the TV at night because you are habituated to always do those things together. There's other ways you could interrupt that pattern. But if you've tried that and you find that it always happens, maybe for you know the next 10 weeks until we have a new habit going of not snacking after dinner, you need to do a different activity at night. Maybe you need to start reading instead of watching TV. Maybe you need to start doing yoga. Maybe you need to take a bath. Maybe you need to start knitting. But doing something that's not that same trigger of, oh, I go sit at the couch, I get my bowl of chips, I watch my TV show. You need to totally disrupt that pattern and break those two things that have been paired together. Okay, so tip number one is to find ways to pair the new habit you want to create with something you already do automatically, or if you find that you have something you always do that's a negative habit that you're trying to break at the same time, breaking both of those so that you have a new pattern that you are resetting for yourself. All right, tip number two is setting a schedule or a routine. Our brains love routines. Any of you who have kids know that little kids thrive on routine. Life can get very difficult when you disrupt routine. But our adult brain really is very similar. And so when we want to start a habit, having a dedicated place for it in our day or our week can be very, very helpful. 
So the first step here is going to be to take an honest look at your schedule for the week and realistically figure out where the new habit can go. So let's take working out, for example, if that's a new habit you want to start where in your schedule are you most likely to have success? Do you have time in the morning before work where you could do that workout? Do you have time on a lunch break or another break where you could do that workout? Is at the end of the workday before you go home going to be the best time? Is after dinner going to be the best time? Is Saturday and Sunday really the only time you can find right now? And that has to be good enough. But looking honestly at your schedule, where can you find that time to consistently move? And it may be different, different days of the week. So for me, my normal schedule is that on Monday and Wednesday mornings, I go to CrossFit because I have time then. And then on Tuesday and Thursday after work, I go because I have time then. And those are different on different days, but that's what works with my work schedule. And so that's when it is, is on the books on the schedule. So it may not be the same every day. The first step, though, is honestly looking at that schedule and figuring out where it can go and then putting it on the schedule, whether that's in your phone, in an old-fashioned date book, or however you like to do it. Another way might be to um, sign up for a specific gym class because that's going to put it on the schedule in a very real way. So if your workout class is at 5 p.m., you've got to leave work at 4.30 or 4.45 or whatever so that you can get to that gym class. And that makes the schedule even more real than if you just tell yourself, oh, hey, I'm going to go on a walk after work. But then all of a sudden it's dark and cold and you're busy and you have to pick up the kids and all these things and it, and it doesn't happen. So make sure that you know the schedule is realistic and then you might need to add some accountability, which will be one of our later tips to make that schedule schedule work. Another way to think about this would be, say, if you're trying to get in the habit of reading more, you might work on just scheduling that before bed. You're going to go to bed 10 or 15 minutes earlier and just read in bed for 10 minutes before you go to sleep. Another scheduling technique might be meal prep. This is something that can be very helpful if you're trying to eat more food in your own home or eat healthier, is making your own food. And so you often need to dedicate time in which to do that. A lot of my patients picks a time on Sunday where they do their meal prep so that they can be ready for their work week. That may not be what works with your life, but looking at your schedule, honestly, I mean, okay, when is there an hour or two hours where I can chop my vegetables for the week, where I can go to the grocery store, where I can toss some things in an instant pot or have a casserole dish set up with what I'm going to bake later this week. When is that time going to happen? When is the mental energy even going to happen to figure out what I'm going to eat for the week? I like to put a schedule for our family of the week of what we're going to eat because you know Tuesday night after we've worked and worked out and taken the kids to Boy Scouts and all of these things, all of a sudden it's like 6.30. Okay, what are we going to eat? It's already on the schedule. We don't have to think about it, right? We know what the ingredients are. It's taco night. We're just going to make it. We don't have to think about it. So finding some time to figure out what you're going to eat and making the food, otherwise known as meal prepping, you might need to find a time or two during the week when you're actually going to dedicate and protect that time to do it. One of my schedule things that I do is with my water. So my kids think I'm crazy because I really don't like sharing my water with them because if I don't have a system for drinking water, I will not drink enough. And so for me, I know I have to drink one of my, I'm holding my water for those of you who are listening and not on video. Um, but I drink one of my big water bottles before I eat my lunch. And I have, if I haven't been drinking it throughout the day, 
And then I drink another one before I finish my workday. And then I drink another one before bed. And so that's sort of a schedule of drinking three of these throughout the day. And I won't move on to the next task until I've finished it. So that is something that has helped me consistently get water in um, during the day is to be like, okay, I have to drink my full water bottle before lunch. I have to drink my full water bottle before I leave for the day. And I need to finish another one before bedtime. So those are some examples of how scheduling or creating a routine for yourself can be really helpful. All right, habit uh, number three ways to create habits is the chain method. I learned about this in some book I read a long time ago, and the person that they identified as being a big advocate of the chain method was Jerry Seinfeld, one of my favorite comedians. And he talked about how when he wanted to get better at comedy, he told himself he was going to sit down, I think it was for 30 minutes, maybe an hour every day and work on writing jokes. And he had a calendar on the wall and he X'd out every day that he did it. And he's like, you know, first there was like five days and there's 10 and then there's 60 and then there's a hundred. And like every day it gets easier to do it because it's on there, right? Okay. I've done it a hundred days in a row. Like what's one more, right? It becomes a habit. And there's a little bit of like a reward for some people of seeing those X's get crossed off. So today, I think this is episode number 63, maybe 64 of the podcast. And we just ended holidays. Like life is crazy. We have a lot going on. And it would have just really been easy for me to be like, oh, like I really don't have time to do this podcast right now. But, you know, I also looked and I was like, I've done this 62 other times. Like what's one more time? I know how to do this. And like, it would be crazy to break my streak of a weekly podcast now, right? So that's what we call the chain method. Just kind of crossing it off, putting it on the calendar, recording it somewhere. And it gets easier and easier each day. And it gets Harder and harder to say no each day because you're like, I've come this far. You guys probably know I'm a big Peloton fan and the Peloton will track like how many days in a row you've worked out, how many weeks. So I was really big on keeping my weekly Peloton um, tracker going for a long time. I actually just broke it a few months ago. I just wasn't paying attention. I didn't do a Peloton um, workout for a week and it was kind of a bummer. But, you know, the other thing with this chain method is you can always restart. So it doesn't mean I sold my Peloton or I quit using the Peloton system. It just means that I had to restart my streak and that's fine too. So that's something else with the chain method is knowing that it's super fun, but at some point the streak is going to break for some reason and like you just have to move on, right? It may not be safe or realistic for you to do certain things at certain points or you might just forget and like that's okay too. Other tracking things that can be helpful, logging your food. You might log your food in a really detailed way, every macro, every calorie, and there's a role for that. You might also just on a piece of paper write down quickly what you ate or take pictures of what you ate as a way of accountability, right? Just a quick check-in with yourself. Did I eat three times today? Did I have protein like I planned? Did I get vegetables in? Maybe you just track vegetables, right? Did I get three servings of vegetables today? Did I get a serving of fruit this week? Um, so tracking can be very helpful. Tracking how many glasses of water or how many ounces of water you're drinking in a day can be another motivating thing. Tracking your workouts, again, whether that's just the chain method cross check. I worked out today, even if it was five minutes of stretching, I did it. I logged into the Peloton app and I did something, right? Or whether it's logging in more detail, how much, uh, what was my pace for running or walking? How much weights did I lift? How many reps did I get? You can track more details if you want, but this tracking, this chain method of how many days in a row am I making progress can be very, very helpful. Tip number four is to reward yourself. 
For some people, the logging is a bit of a reward. So seeing all those X's on the calendar is a little bit of like a dopamine kick of, okay, I did it. I accomplished it. I see it adding up. But you can reward yourself in, you know, more rewarding ways. So that may be putting stickers on a chart. That might be a gratitude journal where you wake up every day and you write down or even just think of three things that you're proud of or that you're happy about, that is a way to reward yourself. It may be rewarding yourself with prizes. Try not to do food rewards, but maybe you get yourself a new workout top because you've done 10 workouts this month or 30 workouts this month. Maybe you go get a manicure because you are rewarding yourself for reaching a goal. Maybe you are just giving yourself a pat on the back I'm talking about Peloton a lot today, but one of my Peloton instructors, Jess Sims, one of my favorites, she always says at the beginning of workout, like, check, done. The hardest part is done. Like, you're here. And I think that's such a great mentality, right? Pressing play to start the workout or showing up at the gym, that's often the hardest part. That's going back to the beginning of the podcast. That's instigation, getting started. And so even if you do a light workout, it's shorter than you had intended, like you did it, right? So doing something is better than nothing. And that's what gets that habit started. If you're only shooting for perfection, you're only shooting shooting for an hour workout, you're only shooting for running as fast as you can, then you, you know, you may be setting yourself up for failure. So make sure that you just congratulate yourself for like doing it, right? Give yourself that little pat on the back. And then if you're trying to get a habit going, you might reward yourself along the way. So a lot of my patients have success with exercise by making that the only time that they will listen to a podcast that they like or watching a TV show they like. They have to be on their elliptical. They have to be on their treadmill. They have to go out for a walk and listen to the podcast. And so that can be a way of kind of pairing things and also rewarding yourself to get the activity done. So the next tip was to reward yourself in some way. Tip number five is to create alarm reminders. So again, one of our goals with creating habits is that we want to take decision-making out of it. And so if you're relying on your brain to remember to water the plants or remember to take your medicine or remember to go to bed on time, then you may not be as successful. And so, you know, we have a lot going on in our brains. And so creating reminders is super helpful. So, you know, most of us are walking around with smartwatches and iPhones and we have, you know, Alexa in our house or Google in our house. So creating some reminders for those activities. So you might create reminders uh, of what time you need to go to bed. That's one of my New Year's habits. And so I have a reminder on my phone telling me what time, you know, just turn off the TV and, and turn off work and go upstairs and go to bed. You might have a reminder on your phone to remember to take a medication. You might have a reminder on your phone to remember to drink water. And they even make water bottles that have alarms on them that can help you track and remember when to drink your water as well. So if you are having a hard time remembering to do a habit, that's fine. You have places all over where you can set alarms that will remind you to do the activity. So I highly encourage that. All right. Tip number six to create successful habits is to make it easy. If you set a goal that is too hard or a habit that is too hard, it's just not going to work. And so you want to set yourself up for success. So one, in terms of food, if you're trying to eat healthier, how can you make that healthy food there for yourself? Does that mean that you need to get the food delivered? Does that mean that you need to get pre-made food? 
pre-chopped food. You know, maybe you think, oh, I'll, I'll buy a cantaloupe and then I'll cut it up later and it sits on your counter for two weeks and goes bad. Well, maybe you should have just bought the pre-cut cantaloupe if that was something that you were hoping to eat if you know you're never going to cut that. Or maybe you need to go back to tip number two and you need to put food prep time on your schedule. Okay, on Sunday, I will go to the grocery store at 1 p.m. And then when I get home at 2.30, I'm going to prep all my fruit and vegetables and have them cut and cleaned and ready to go for the week, right? So it's easy. But maybe you just need to buy the pre-chopped stuff. Maybe you need to get things delivered. Maybe you need to sign up for some sort of meal service where it's healthier food, um, but you're not spending a lot of time making it. You're going to have to kind of decide here if you can afford to spend more money to make this healthier food more convenient. And if you can't, then you need to afford more time to prepping food yourself, right? And then again, might need to put time on the schedule to make the healthy food so that as the week gets busier, you're prepared. Other ways that make things easier, you may have a yoga studio that is the coolest one, it's the nicest, it has the coolest classes and the best instructors, and it's where you'd really like to work out, but it's 40 minutes away from your house or your office. Chances are that is not going to be a habit that sticks. You might be better off doing the yoga studio that is seven minutes from your house or your office because you are going to be able to consistently get there. So finding a gym or workout studio that is close to your house, close to your office, close to where your life is being lived is going to set you up for success and just be more efficient. Let's see other ways to make your life easy. Bringing water with you places. If your goal is to drink more water, you probably need to bring a water bottle with you places. I had one patient who wore a camelback at work for a while as a way to uh, make sure she always had water with her to drink. Maybe if you're always forgetting your water bottle, you just need to get a second one that you leave at work and it just stays there so you always have access to that. Make sure the goal is doable, that the habit is doable. So if your goal is to exercise every day, like that can be the whole goal. We don't have to get really specific with what it is, right? The five minutes of stretching counts as much as, you know, the five mile run if our goal is just to do movement every day. But if you set a goal to run three miles every day or five miles every day, that may not happen. Like props to you if that's easy. But for most of us, that is not an easy goal to run three miles a day. And so that is something we're unlikely to stick with. But if the goal is just to move every day, that is a habit we can get started and we can always move faster or move longer as we get more comfortable with the habit. All right, our last tip for creating successful habits is accountability. So this may be just sharing publicly what your goal is, but a lot of times it's getting someone who is your support system. So that may be hiring a coach or a trainer to help you make sure that you are reaching your goal. That may be signing up for a class at your gym. That may be getting a dog. Dogs are fantastic at reminding you that they need a walk. So if you get in a habit of walking your dog every night after dinner, they will start to bug and harass you after dinner to take them on that walk. Maybe it is a human walk buddy, someone you go on a walk with over your lunch break or while your kids are playing sports. Maybe it's someone you live with and you can go on a walk together or go to the gym or do a yoga video together. Maybe the accountability is more to yourself and that logging is going to be your accounting, writing things down. But accountability is often a very helpful part of being successful with your habits. All right, so we had our top 
seven tips today on how to be successful with habits. And remember, the key here is that we want to try to make things automatic. So we can't just say, I want to drink more water. We need a plan. We need an easy plan to make it happen. So if you have a habit you have been working on for a while or that you have set as a new goal for yourself, I want your homework today to be to figure out how to make your habit successful. So as a reminder, we have pairing that activity with something you already do on a daily basis or at the same frequency you want to do the habit. We have putting it on your schedule. We have recording or tracking the habit. We have rewarding yourself. We have setting alarms. We have making the goal easier. And we have accountability, getting help and support. And so if you have a habit that you are trying to start or that you have been trying to start for a long time, I want you to think about which of those strategies, and it may be more than one, is going to help you reach your goal and then set a plan to get it started. And then because my goal is to remind you to connect with me, please find me on Instagram, Facebook, or sign up for my newsletter so you can stay connected and not miss each week's fabulous new topic. Until next week, take care. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Frank Avila Show, where we learn about all things related to weight and health. If you love this podcast, make sure to leave those five-star reviews and share this podcast with a friend or loved one. If you have a topic about weight and health you want me to tackle, head over to the website, thedrfrankavillashow.com to submit your question. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss next week's episode. Take care.